Hello, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Welcome back to the Comic Geek Roundtable. My name is Tom Van Orden. I am your podcast director. Joining me today are contributing writer Travis Arment. Yep. And also professional podcast guest. And also Don't professional forget. podcast guest. And our very own <laughs> hospitality director, Meg. Hello. Meg, you need to be a little bit closer okay. to the microphone. All right. Sorry. Now we're good. Hi. Sorry, that was a little bit of on-air banter that led to me uh, fixing your thing. So That's all right. Adam can feel free to cut that out if you want. Anyway, uh, so we are here post-Lancaster Con, Zenkai Con. Zenkai Con. Anybody know what that name means? I have no idea. Cool. No, let me find out. Thanks. We're here no to... No problem. Also, they spell con with a K. Well, controversial. Yeah. That's what that. Uh, that's actually the name of the Mortal Kombat con. Is Mortal Kombat con with a K? Of course, it is. I actually don't know if that's a real thing. It should be though. Um, it can't not be. Uh, so yeah. So uh, Travis is actually the only person here that went to the con. Um, yep. Because we have lives. Um, and not me. We were. We went camping. Yes, we were camping. We went camping. Yeah. <laughs> Good work. We were camping. Uh, so we, while we were out getting hailed on and buried in mud, um, you were nice, in a nice, cushy nerd con. Yes. Uh, in a nice, cushy convention center while it poured rain on all the plebeians outside. It was really bad. It was terrible, it was, actually. Uh, we rolled up to our campsite in the middle of that thunderstorm on Friday night. Uh, so that was awesome. Yeah. Okay, so I have a... Um an origin of the name Zenkaikon. It's a combination of Zentrencon and Kosaikon created when they merged in 2006. So Good. Lord woman, you are quick on the Google. They have a Wikipedia page. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That wow. is at least 10 years of convention right yeah. there. So 10 plus. I will never forget last year's. Well, duh. It was called Zenkaikon X. X is 10 in Roman numerals. <laughs> uh, it's funny because last year at Zenkai Con, my parents were like really freaked out because they went down to Central Market and there's a bunch of nerds and cosplay. And my parents are, you know, of the old order and they're not used to like nerd culture these days. So they were like, is there a cult going on? I'm scared. I was working at the, the hookah bar that was within walking distance at the time and a bunch of furries just walked in and I had no idea there was a convention in town. It was actually kind of funny watching them because they were like like putting it like through and like smoke was coming out of their masks and stuff like that. It was kind of funny. But we, I think we were walking. We ended we, up we walking to, around. We walked downtown a little bit. Um, it was way warmer last year. It uh, was. We walked. Uh, we were down at the Chinese restaurant and there are just a bunch of people in cosplay eating Chinese food at the Chinese place. And yeah. We are all like so this is a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Issei, uh, the local noodle, Vietnamese noodle house on yeah. Saturday, I work right across from that. It was just constant slammed. Like I, when I wanted, I, I pretty much like every shift, like, which is like once a week, I go over there and eat. Yeah. And like, I actually felt guilty. Like even just like, like walking in there and ordering, like it was that bad. There was just people like lined out in the hallway and everything. It was, and I don't know. Like, I'm a regular. And here. I was like, can, you know, can I get pad time? It's my Tom Tom, please. <laughs> Give yeah. it to me. So yeah, that uh, the whole the whole experience is weird. Yeah. Um, I I feel like I feel like real life cons get a lot more. Like I'm sorry, real life is really rude, but I feel like uh, <laughs> I feel like the bigger, you know, I mean, like like San Diego, Otacon, yeah, even like, stuff like that. Like, yeah, they're so you. much. Well, more well received in their community than like the one weekend a year and that Lancaster gets real weird. Yeah. Well, actually, yeah. Um, even just looking on their Wikipedia page, um, thanks Wikipedia, by the way, uh, they've actually only been holding Zenkaikon in Lancaster for the last four years. Yeah. It's only been in, since, since 2013, right. which was um, before which is, then they were in Oaks and. I believe that. Is that when the area. convention center opened? Um, I don't know. So what we've lost about. So we've been hemorrhaging about. Nine million dollars a year as a city, or nine million dollars total at three million dollars a year on that oh convention gosh. center to have oh. Zenkai Con once a year, folks. No, they have other stuff there. I know. Yeah, they had the quilt <laughs> show. The yeah, quilt <laughs> that's what I should have went to. I Expect don't. us at the quilt show, Comic Geek TV. We'll be there. Oh my god, that'd be live incredible. coverage. Incredible. I would totally oh write. Oh my but god, <laughs> that's right up no. there with uh, me and Adam. We're talking about uh, a new idea for Comic Geek, which is. Uh, we're going to make all of our decisions through trial by combat. <laughs> all right. Oh, good God. So, I mean, I hope you're ready because I, 
I got brought a, I bought a broadsword for just such an occasion. Good. Fun story about a broadsword. Uh, I'm listening to no, this is serious. I'm listening to a book on Audible, not a sponsor, uh, about Abraham Lincoln. Uh, and uh, actually, are they? I don't. Whatever. Um, anyway, I was listening to a. I'm listening to a biography of Abraham Lincoln, and in it, somebody challenges him to a duel. And because he is challenged, he gets to pick the weapon of choice. He picked a fucking broadsword. I wouldn't fuck with Abe Lincoln and a broadsword. That guy's got reach as it is. Yeah, so like. so apparently what happened was they had to cross the Mississippi into another state because the state they were in, it was illegal to duel. And so they crossed over the river in a boat together, got over to the other side, stood at like 100 paces or whatever from each other, and Lincoln just like slashes the top limb of a willow tree and is like... Beats his chest, and the guy's like, "Never mind, you win." <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, it was pretty interesting to hear that story. Just like I, I wish I was like, like just built like that because he was, you know, he like he helped his father build a lot of cabins. Like yeah. he is an expert with an axe, and like so, yeah. Some dude tries to fuck with him. He's like, "All right, broadswords, let's do it." And immediately at that, I'd be like, "You know what? This is a crazy motherfucker. I'm out of here. I'm yeah. not doing this." I just get naked if someone tries to fight me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't actually know if you can attend a duel naked. I've never... I don't know the rules on that. Why not? <laughs> Why can't you? <laughs> never mind. You're right. Why not? Sorry. Yeah. I'm, I'm the dumb one. Do you really want to turn around and just see a naked man pointing a gun at you? Like... Yes. That's got to be jarring. <laughs> well, yeah. You know, some people might be into it, but... I actually... I have an ancestor, and we're totally off track here, but that's fine. Uh, Bob's not here, so we can do whatever we want. We're not going to get yelled at? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I actually have an ancestor who uh, will kill the man... Uh, in a duel, but it wasn't actually a duel. He, he air quoted there. Yeah, he quotes. literally he literally just shot a guy in the head um, <laughs> and called it a duel. Yeah, it was Francis. It was Francis Scott Key's son. Oh my! Yeah, my uh, my ancestor is a uh, Union General Daniel E. Sickles. Um, dude was a crazy motherfucker. He tried after the Battle of Gettysburg, where he got his leg blown off by a cannon. Uh, he attempted to claim that the battle was won because of him for like. 10 years after it happened. That guy's well, pretty he cool. Also, he was one of the huge... He was also, um, I should state, he was one of the big advocates to get Gettysburg to be a... to have a memorial there. So I guess that's kind of... It balances he also, it Yeah, he balances it out, but... Uh, so, um, he, For whatever uh, thing he was on, like the commanding group, what I forget what it's called, and the word escapes me right now. Um, he tried to get his bus put on there, and because he was like, oh, I did so much. And then, um, no, they were like, fuck this shit. They should just got this a sculpture of his asshole. leg. He's got, he's got like a little like two foot high memorial at his, uh, at his headquarters where he got his leg hit with a cannonball. Yeah. His cannonball is in some sort of museum or his leg is in some sort of museum too. Right. But That's awesome. The story I want to tell is he shot a man. And then he was actually the first person in United States history to get away with murder on temporary insanity because the man that he shot was allegedly sleeping with his wife mm. the I mean, that was a true thing he was saying, yeah. uh, hilariously the best part of that is uh, my ancestor Mr. Sickles uh, was he had, a, he had a prostitute his own essentially like she worked for him yeah uh, while he was married so yeah upstanding gentlemanship in the Good guy. 19th Good century guy. we can all only aspire to <laughs> hey I'm all about it all right, so we're going to go uh, talk about con stuff. Let's uh, talk about con stuff. Yeah. So, Trav, you, Adam, and... Robert, Robert and I Robert. were there for a lot of the day. Uh-huh. Um, it went, like, I'm pretty sure it went from, like, 10 a.m. to, like, 2 a.m. And I'm not quite about that life, so not, I got there at, like, 2. You're not in, you're not yeah. in it for the sweaty nerd yeah. stuff after no. 2 o'clock? I, uh, <laughs> I, got there, I got there at 2 p.m., <laughs> Bounced out, I think, at a good midnight, you know, before the rave started. Not oh, not much my scene, so. Con raves are fucking weird. They're never not weird. Even. So, it was actually almost normal. And everyone was, like, having fun and dancing. Like, DJs, like, it was actually, like, a kind of just, like, a normal party. And it was, like, whatever. And then this one guy with, like, a backpack on who I had seen snoozing earlier in the lobby, just, like, sleeping with sunglasses on, just, like, laid out. Was just went into the middle of everyone dancing and stood completely still, and then just didn't move. And I was like, "Now it's weird. <laughs> like it wasn't weird. <laughs> now it's weird." So yeah, congratulations, random guy. You made it weird. Yeah, 
so okay, so so in your experience, uh, have you been to any other conventions? I was at Otakon twelve years ago. Okay, so the important question <laughs> is, did you dress up at Otakon twelve years ago? I did not. Oh, you suck. What's the point of even going? Like I legit, I legit. Okay, okay. So like, I understand the point of going to like Comic Con. A girl. And, Huh? A girl. Oh, okay. Well, and I was 16. There you go. I went. I was because I, I understand, <laughs> like, I, I really understand the sense. point yeah. of like Comic Con or like stuff like, like cons that have interesting things to see and do without dressing up. Like that makes more sense to me than like something small like a anime convention. Like why do you go if not to dress up like an anime character and. Because Robert said I had to to write stuff. I know why you did. I know why you did. He said, "I believe his words were, Travis, come with me, or you're fired.' Yeah, something, yeah, something yeah. along those lines. That sounds correct. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So okay. So this does this compare even at all to no? Uh, because I didn't dress up or care about anything at Oticon, but there was still a lot of cool and fun stuff to do. Uh, and this. Uh, was- like there was like a couple panels. There was like so. two things I really liked at Zenkai Con where I could at least walk around and go to like some pretty intense panels and stuff like that. And also I played a lot more video games and stuff like that back then, so it also made it a little bit more interesting. Uh, but it was also just huge. Like there was always stuff to do and like always people to meet. It was massive. Uh whereas Zenkai Con had was not. So makes perfect much sense. much different experience. Yeah. Um so what was your favorite part? Did you really enjoy your there's one article that I really want. I'm really trying to get. Oh, through. so we're trying to talk about this. <laughs> no, I'm not trying to, but it is undoubtedly the weirdest fucking thing I have ever heard of in my life. My favorite part was the naked ladies. Were okay, like, first off, I read their website. They mostly get naked, naked. Mostly they naked. They wear g-strings and pasties. They do. They do. Gentlemen. They do. G-strings so, and pasties. Don't get too excited. Don't get. And there was also men. It was fantastic. Yes. In fact. As I, I kind of, you know, I didn't want to sound like biased or anything in, in my article, but I'll tell you now that my favorite part was the male on male burlesque part of that show. Wait, wait, that was the Kylo Ren thing? That was, uh, okay, so Kylo Ren came out and did his own thing, and it was really good. Also, the dude kind of looked like Adam Driver, so, like, it actually worked out pretty well. Oh, uh, and then he comes out later, and he and Poe Dameron do a strip tease and there's like he like force chokes him into the seat and then like oh it was it was really good like in oh, fact in, in like the uh uncle yo who was who was the uh uh mc there mm-hmm. pointed out that the dudes were cheering loudest yeah. during that one like everyone just loved it so much and then poe dameron leaves and then kylo ren does his little sad thing off the side of stage and a very attractive very wonderful gender bent uh general hux comes out Ooh. and does one it was and she's got like long red hair so it was like it was perfect it was i had more fun than i ever expected to at because when you're like so the idea is cosplay burlesque so these people dress up in costumes so they can go out on stage and take them off yeah, is, that makes is, perfect sense. Is what so, they do. So you don't, you don't have nobody's nobody's up there like an Iron Man armor. No. Uh, oh, there was there were some pretty ridiculous ones. There was one. So I don't know anime, and I think they I think Adam said it was One Piece, uh-huh. but it was a skeleton dude, and he had a morph suit on with a skeleton as he's stripping, and then he finally gets off, and he's got pasties on the skeleton suit, and like they really. They actually put like clear effort into it, and like I was like, okay, this is probably gonna be kind of funny, and I and it was like you. Oh, by the way, Robert cheering, Robert <laughs> loved it. I, I just want to say that, like, like it was, it was, it was great. Well, yeah, we I, and we knew that he loved it because that was right. That was like the mm-hmm. only thing. I swear yeah. to God, if you would listen to him at home. That was the only thing that happened there. Yeah. The yeah. only thing no, that happened no. there. That was the only thing that happened for me, too. Like, <laughs> like seriously, like, there was, like, I'll talk about, like, other panels and stuff like that. But, like, that was, like, crazy. And then, I mean, I, I did an article. So, like, I got to interview him afterwards. Holly, like, uh, she runs a Holly. troupe. And they were just the nicest. Uh, actually, um... Uh, Mr. E, who who played Kylo Ren, was like definitely had like paramedics in there, like fixing him up, like after the show, and like I was like, oh, you don't have to answer the question. He was like, no, and it like like just keeps like talking. They were just like so welcoming and just it was it was fantastic. Yeah, okay. I, I, I mean, yeah. it sounds like we need to go next year. Yeah, like yeah. it's just fun. for cosplay or less. Not that, like honestly, I I went to a, I, I the panel I like I found that I actually wanted to go to was a lot of fun and all. But like, the, like, like you said, it was like nothing else even had to happen. Like that was just enough fun. Yeah, <laughs> you're like, all right, my weekend ticket was paid for. Yep, yep, right there. <laughs> that was all. So yeah, um, Robert was 
very, very, very excited about he it. He had so a lot I of fun. I can only imagine what he, yeah. what he was like actually at yeah. the show. It, it, it was great. <laughs> uh, that's oh, and then there, were, there was Finding Nemo, which, yes. <laughs> okay, whatever. Uh, it, it, wait, it's, it's, wait, wait, wait. What? There was Finding <laughs> so, Nemo? All right, so uh, Esmeralda May, I actually remember. Uh, so she comes out. And she turns around and she bends over and there's just like a boat on her lower back. And then they play the clip from Finding Nemo about like don't touch yes, the boat. Don't touch and the she butt. comes out uh, swimming and then smacks the butt. Okay. And then they start a Finding Nemo striptease. Good lord. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was it was really something. Oh, now I can think of it. Um, uh, the one girl. It was from uh, Bloodborne. Uh, oh God. So she was like. <laughs> She had a lot of clothing to take off. That's what I was trying to think of, like a lot of clothing to like, it, but but managed to do it within the song. Um, they also told me about some of their other ones. I think my favorite one was uh, uh, it would have been. I think Oliver Swiskey did a Doctor Who one, okay, oh and he did it to Eminem's "My Name Is." It was a he had all of his clothing off in four seconds. Hi, my name is what? My name is who? It was over because he was Doctor Who. That's spectacular. I just the, the, the links that they went and like some of the other costumes from the other shows. That, there was a, uh, I mean, they did like a Terminator one where she was wearing like skin like colored stuff and like took it off and had like an android like more. It was yeah, that's awesome. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Well, after that, uh, we're going to transition here into an advertisement, as I say, which pisses Robert off to no end. Um, He's not here. He can't complain. Yeah. Yep. So we're going to pitch forward to an advertisement. And when we get back, uh, Travis is going to tell us some more fun things about the convention. Hey, this is Adam from Common Geek. Crunchyroll is a service dedicated to giving you the latest anime from Japan. We talked to Nicole from Vancouver, who's been subscribed for over two years. Here's what they had to say. The quality of everything is always superb. It makes it so I don't have to, like, go to the dingy corners of the internet to try and find the things that I want to watch. When it came to getting the latest shows, Nicole was pretty impressed. Honestly, their selection is really good when it comes to newer and more obscure anime. And why is that? Because you have access to nearly all of them from Crunchyroll. And there you have it. Go to commongeek.tv slash affiliates to get your own free two-week trial for Crunchyroll. Okay, okay, so in the break, you missed us discussing Batman the Animated Series, which would have been a fantastic transition into a panel I went to at Zenkai Con, which is, so, lost, is, which is lost, lost in adaptation, adaptation, which was a discussion of adaptations. And the reason I bring that up is because they actually ended up talking about Batman Beyond and yeah. what a fantastic adaptation that was because it was amazing. And they said one of the cool things was like all of... Batman, all of Bruce Wayne's enemies are like part of or just some kind of antithesis, antithesis to Bruce Wayne. So like Bane is Bruce Wayne, except right. he's evil. Yeah. Like or not even evil, just ill-intended. That, I guess. They're all and yeah, yeah, they're all kind of like that. Where Joker is just the opposite of Bruce Wayne. So that's why in Batman Beyond they needed new new villains right yeah except when the joker came back and instead of just like stoic batman he starts laughing at the joker and that drives the joker insane and how that was just like one of the greatest animated moments of anything it was really good yeah uh, yeah have you i guess Meg, you've never probably never seen return of the joker have you no i have not you need to really yeah. rectify that. It's, it's very very good it's one of the best it's one of the best batman animated features ever maybe second to mask of the phantasm i think mask of the phantasm is probably my favorite did you, i really uh, like it did you watch uh and we've started watching it did you watch the dark knight returns Mm-mm. i there's only i actually have one complaint about it it was they did an offshoot episode of i believe the batman um where they kind of like did like a future like a future site kind of deal and they showed they basically adapted the dark knight returns uh, the voice of Batman in The Dark Knight Returns was Michael Ironside, and it like it worked really well for like the the I mean the man is built like a fucking yeah. freight train yeah. and he's like gruff and old and pissed off all so like Michael Ironside worked so well yeah and then they when they finally came around to doing The Dark Knight Returns it was I don't even remember who it was but like yeah. they kind of they kind of he tried to do the same thing as the Michael Ironside and it just didn't didn't get it because I love. I, Michael Ironside is one of my favorite voice actors ever because he voiced a character who was very important to my childhood. Uh, that was Sam Fisher. I played every single Splinter Cell game ever, even the bad ones. 
And like I acknowledged it. I was like, this is horrible. Like it was con- conviction was like actually the only one that I would say was really yeah. bad. I played through it. I was like, because I love the game. Like I love the characters. I love everything. And I even stuck it out for uh, Blacklist. I played Blacklist even without Michael Ironside. I was like, if Ironside signed off on him, which he did, I yeah. was like, I'm on board with this. Yeah. So I mean that game, and then that game wound up being fucking amazing. Yeah, because it was like it was everything that was cool about Conviction, like with the action sequence stuff, and then they even tuned in really good stealth mechanics. Yep. So I was like, this is probably where stealth games need to be these days for my because like the original Splinter Cell standing around a corner for 15 minutes waiting Until for somebody to walk up, yeah, yeah. <laughs> needed to kind of go. Peter Weller voiced Batman in The Dark Knight Returns. Peter Weller. Yes. And Michael Emerson voiced the Joker. Oh, I forgot the Joker was even in that. Yeah. I mean, how could I forget? It's, like, really important to the plot. But. Um, so, anyway, adaptationing. So, so, they also talked about Full Metal Alchemist, and I know roughly shit about anime, but they actually might have convinced me to watch it, because they actually presented a, like, machete order to watch it in, uh, which is you watch the first few episodes until something happens that was, I guess, spoiled for me, but it happens, I guess, in the first few, uh-huh. and then you just skip to the, the 2009 series. Huh. Like, and, like, he basically explained the 2003 series and explained the 2009 series, and I wasn't interested, and he explained how they work if you chop them up. Uh-huh. And I was like, okay, now I actually want to see this. Like, this sounds cool. Um, bad adaptations. They talked about Street Fighter the movie. <laughs> they talked about Wolverine Origins. And then they talked about how well Deadpool did adapt it and kind of fixed all the mistakes. And they also, one of the most interesting things they brought up was uh, how subtle changes can fix something. Uh Um, It was an anime called Parasite, uh, Uh P-A-R-A-S-Y-T-E. And it was like, it was, I guess, in the 90s. So, like, instead of, like, a phone booth, like, something happens with a cell phone. And it was just really minor changes from the comic book to just make it now. And he said that actually just brought it to another level. Like, and they didn't change anything in the story. Except for, like, if something was, like, outdated. Right. They fixed it. Or um, something, like, I guess, like, something happened there, and, it, like, he, it was on his iPod, like, in, in, like, the show, stuff like that. So I, it was, they clearly really, really, really cared about everything they were talking about. Like, right. whether it was just, like, anime, movie. Uh, they talked about the uh, uh, Incredible Hulk game for Xbox and how fantastic uh, that was, because it was actually written by people from the comic book, yeah. stuff like that. Just... And that game lets you uh, swing a car like a baseball bat. Yes. Uh, they were all very <laughs> excited about that. Or just like ripping one in half and using it as like boxing gloves. It was great. Um, it, it was really good. Uh, and that was uh, the folks from Manly Battleships and Substandard Science? Substan- Substandard Science. Substandard Science. Uh, they just they, – it, it was a lot of fun. Um, I really enjoyed it. Um, we had a few other panels. That was that was like the clear standout to me. Um. So, I, and I saw another article. Did you see, uh, was this um, this thing about Ghost in the Shell? Was that about the female characters? Was yes. Was that at that panel? Yes. Uh, I, I, I went to my panel mm, part, like, I was only maybe there for, like, the first, like, third of that one. Uh-huh. But I... Um, I thought it was. I thought it was interesting. Um, I she's kind of like her voice was like so they kept like clicking as like part of my childhood. Yeah, and then she was like, yeah, and then we started doing Robotech, and I was like, there it is. Like because I, I, you know, Robotech is awful. I don't care. It's yeah. still like my favorite thing in the world. Um, it was. I mean, at least it, it's it's not like you like reboot or anything like that. I love reboot. I don't <laughs> care. <laughs> um, ah, I I was a little torn because she was talking about empowering women and how like they're always drawn scantily clad and stuff like that and then it was just a bunch of women dressed up as their favorite scantily clad characters coming up and asking her questions and it just it felt wrong it like i don't have a problem with her like wanting women to be more empowered in animation stuff like that i agree with her i don't have a problem with people wanting to dress up as their favorite scantily clad cartoon character because i think in its own way that is empowering but when it it felt very clashing i guess at the panel and it was I don't know. It was. I, I can't explain it. Like maybe it would have been different. Like if either she was on like a different point, or like the crowd was more along her lines. I think it might have been kind of a different experience. If everybody was more on the same page. Yeah, yeah. Megan actually has uh, very strong feelings about females in video games. I do. So um, currently, I'm playing through um, Assassin's Creed Syndicate. And, you know, going into it, everyone's like, oh, yeah, like, um, so the two main characters are Evie and Jacob. They're twins. And there are some 
There are actually, so I'm about, I don't know, say a third quarter of the way through, like, a thing of the game, I guess. I actually don't know. Ga- but, those games are notoriously hard to keep track of because yeah, they, they count. They keep them in sequences, and then there's, you know, they tell me I'm 10% I the done. First couple. I'm about yeah. 12% done, so you can see everybody. Well, so I was saying, um, and then, then the problem is then all they count all the collectibles towards your percentage. Yeah. So you're like, all right, I beat the game 63% of the way. Yeah, I put, oh, like, a, okay. I put like 100 hours in Metal Gear Solid 5, and I think I'm 40 something percent. <laughs> so. Yeah, so anyway, um, I was really kind of disappointed going into it. I was like, oh, like you really can't play a lot of Evie, especially in the beginning, like some of the early stuff, you really cannot play a lot of her. Um, and then all of a sudden, you can do all these like quests and all these like pieces of the game where you you can play as either of one of the twins. So that's, I've been kind of like sticking towards Evie. She's the more um, stealthy one of the two. Um, Jacob is more of a let's fight them and beat them until they're dead kind of guy. But such, I mean, so, we all are really at our heart. Right. And so I'm, I've been able to, tr- I've been trying to play as much as, as Evie as I possibly can. And then just even like earlier today, I got to a point where they're like, you have to play as Jacob. And I'm like, but I don't wanna. I wanna play as Evie because they're. I think that having a female assassin, especially in those games, would be so cool because they can disguise themselves as so many different things that men can't, such as I don't know, a prostitute, and Oof. they can get into like some of these awesome things with. Get Game um, of Thronesy about it. Yeah, yeah, they. It could be so cool, and I think that um, Ubisoft, if you're listening, you should get a should make your next assassin game be a female. Now I understand that you know it's not something that most of the people who play like these games are going to be of the who are going to identify as male. See, um, I am the outlier there. I will play female anytime I have the option. Oh, cool! In Me fact, too. Robert <laughs> and I after that panel. Uh, discuss Mass Effect. Like so. Okay, so I will say the cool thing about. Oh, I want to say the, one more thing about how I play female <laughs> stuff. Um, so I've been playing also Civ Five, Sid Meier's Civilization Five, and I exclusively play as a woman. I don't play as a ma- as a male di- as she a male. Played as a leader. male dictator yet? I have not. I only play as a woman, and I in fact have my. I there's like six or seven women you can play as, and even then I have a small subset of. I will rotate who I play. But, so sorry, I'll let you go back to your Mass, Mass Effect. Effect. The, the cool thing about that is it, did, it, it at least got Robert and I talking, uh-huh. uh, like and discussing like what we had heard at the panel, and we talked about like uh, feminist frequency. Anita Sarkeesian went on this whole diatribe about. Uh, I agree. <laughs> um, <laughs> Just, when, every time her name comes yeah. up, I'm like, great. Um, here this we go. whole thing about like. It, it, She's just like she's just the male shepherd, except turned into a female. Blah 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 blah. All these problems. I have a few problems with that. First of all, do you know how much dialogue they would have had to write to make them like two completely different characters? Oh yeah, absolutely. Or that, I mean, in that, and at that point, first of all, I don't think you could be you'd be able to fit that game on that disc anymore. Like if you just have like two entirely like brand new plus. You have to like write all that. That'd be terrible. The other thing is, in my opinion, that was actually what made Femchep so interesting was the fact that you're you're sitting there and she's just like headbutting motherfuckers and like just generally not giving a shit. I was like, that makes her cooler, like she, by like a mile. Like, she, well, well, she no. And the thing of it is, is that she. Um, it, it's funny because that it's almost like people that really cry for equality in the media. They that in my opinion, like I agree with you, is in the in the sense with the Mass Effect, that is like almost the pinnacle of the equality that they want. It is because you can do the exact same stuff with Femshep that you could do with Maleshep, and you, and both of them have the option to romance any gender, any alien, whatever yep. the fuck you want. Um, and so it's just funny to me that people are like, "Oh man, this is ridiculous." I'm like, "No, that's not ridiculous. That's that is equal. I agree. You are exactly equal." Shepard is not male or female shepherd is commander yeah like right. shepherd shepherd is almost like it just like transcends gender into like i am just into being just commander shepherd it does not matter it is like fall in line get your shit together let's go like blow up some planets and save everybody else like who gives a shit let's do this that's the character it doesn't ma- like gender is 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 moot at that point like especially yeah. because a character like commander shepherd is fucking nobody yeah. Like, Shepard is nobody. Yeah. Shepard is Megan, or it's Travis, or it's Tom. Shep is whoever we put onto. Exactly. So, like, if it makes if it makes Megan feel better to play Mass Effect as Femme Shep, 
then she should be able to. And if I want to play as you guy can, Shep, and if she can romance a guy, she can romance a girl, or she can romance nobody. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like whatever you want to do. Yeah. So, but at least it got it. I will say is it, it is strange and as the that panel's experience was. It was at least it got a conversation going. Yeah, and I mean it is, it is things that are important mm. to talk about because like. Well, I'm going to go back to Assassin's Creed Syndicate just because I love talking about Assassin's Creed Syndicate. Um, like Assassin's Creed in general. I do. Um, so they, Evie and Jacob both have like their different like things that they, that when they're attacking people that they attack with. Evie has this really cool cane that she can literally just like, there have been times when she's like hitting someone with it and then stabs them with the bottom of her cane. Can, Jacob has, him. Jacob has brass knuckles that he uses. So a little bit more, you know, dirty. All right, you know what? That you might have just actually convinced me to play male in a game. Because I just want to beat people up with brass knuckles. Actually. Oh my gosh, you can upgrade yeah. them. Oh, there are so cool things that you can do. I'll show you. Like um, I, I, like I said, it oh is. Oh my gosh! If you give me a choice, I will play as female. Like yeah. every time. But if you're like, yeah, but the guy's got brass knuckles. I'm like, you mean I can just walk around but and just like Evie's cane is you can whack like, people in the throat say, with, I, and the it's so cool. I'll have to show you it later. Um. But it's honestly, it's such a great game. You should go out and buy it. Um, her her cane is actually my second favorite cane in a video game ever. Uh, the first being, did you know that one of the weapons you can pick in Bloodborne is a motherfucking chain cane? I haven't played it, so. Holy yeah. nuts. You literally. It's my, like, my entire experience with that game is watching a woman take off her clothes. Uh, but no, but that, so, so there's a, yeah. there's a, uh. Like, you get to pick your weapon when you start. And, like, I was like, oh, man, this says it's a cane. That sounds awesome. I'd love to beat people with a cane. Cause like, in, you know, the steampunky Who kind wouldn't? of Bloodborne yeah. universe. Uh, and then they're like, hit R2. And I'm like, okay. And it was like, he goes, Whatcha! And it just out, like an I- Ivy from Soul Calibur. Like, it's oh like, my oh, like God. her sword, except for it's a fucking cane. And I'm like, this just went from being, oh, that's really cool. I get to beat people with a cane to, this is the greatest moment of my entire life. <laughs> So, there was one more thing that we did as Con that I had a lot of interest in. Okay. Artemis. Okay. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, so, Artemis is, I believe, a six-player uh, starship simulator where you have to defend docking stations. Right. Uh, so, we had Adam as our navigator. I did weapons. Robert... Can guess where Robert was sitting? He was in the commander's seat. Absolutely, he sure was. Uh, we also had a comms person, an engineer, and another position I'm having trouble remembering, but that's fine because it's a lot of things. Uh, so when they explained it to me, I have it in my head that it's like one of those things where like they actually have like a kind of a stage set up and it like looks like you're inside. Yeah. And then we walk in, there's just like six touchscreen monitors and then like a projector setup, and I was like, this sucks. Uh, and then we played it. And it was a lot of fun. Um, I did maybe accidentally commit a few war crimes while we were playing because they were dumb enough to put me on weapons. Uh, <laughs> maybe the docking station got nuked a little. <laughs> I mean, it's, a little, yeah, a little nuked. Um, but it was it was actually a lot of fun. And it's like it, you have to play. With, it's not a single player game. There's a it's like it's a starship simulator. Uh, I think it's like thirty five for like a six, six pack, pack of the yeah, game. It's, I have a pull up on Steam right now. It's Honestly, like I like I said, I was like kind of disappointed just because I was like, "Oh, this is not what I expected it to be." And then when we sat down, it was a lot of fun. You you basically just see like a radar on your screen, yeah. Uh, and then up, like you actually can see what you're doing. Like we were doing like bombing runs and like all kinds of stuff. It was it was pretty fun. Uh, yeah, I had seen a little bit of gameplay for this game previously, as much gameplay yeah. as there is. Right, right. And it, I, I don't know, I. See, the problem is if I'm going to play a, a passive spaceship game, I'm going to play Eve because it's way deeper than anything in the world. It is. And then Robert is like, well, we got to bring this in and we got to play it. So, uh, I mean, at some point in my life, I'm going to have to play it. And I'm sure it is a great game. It is. As, okay, here's the thing. It's as fun as you make it. Um, if you talk to each other like you're on a spacecraft and just kind of like let it soak in, it's a lot of fun. However, if our group was just like just playing the game yeah on uh, you okay but you have to role play a little bit like and that, that's that's kind of what maybe like sets it apart from something like eve or like another simulator i like, had a lot of fun well i say i've had a lot of fun with like a two screen type experience like that like me and meg uh have keep talking and nobody explodes that is one of the greatest games i have ever played because one person she actually has a fucking manual printed out that tells you how to defuse the bomb and then my screen has the bomb on it 
Yeah. So I'm sitting here like, okay, I have the mouse. I'm going to flip it over, and I'm going to we're going to get through all. There's like several modules for defusing it, and it just turns into this. Megan, I'm screaming at her that we have 10 seconds left on the clock. Her screaming at me, cut the red wire, and it just has those cool moment to moment kind of things. And the thing that I like about it, as opposed to something like Artemis, is it doesn't require any extra effort from me. Because, like, in my brain, we're still playing a game. Like, Megan yeah. just happened to have the manual over there, and I'm over here trying to... Right. Obviously, we're not defusing a fucking bomb, um, usually. Uh, <laughs> but, so, like, something like Artemis where you're, like... Because I, I can't I can't be in that... I Like, I'm a, I'm a weird person with games. Like, I can't always be in the... You know, in, like, I'm not always Master Chief when I'm playing Halo. Right. Sometimes when I'm playing Halo, I'm just me, pissed off. Yeah. That, Why did I start this on Legendary? I'm an idiot. Yeah. Um, so like I have I have a lot of trouble with like characters that I'm supposed to put myself into. Whereas I understand like, that. Like I like because I, I like role playing games. Like so like as I mentioned Eve. Like I like in that type of game and it's been talking about it a lot lately. Um, I like that I am whatever the fuck I want. Yeah. Like if one day I log on, I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna go mine asteroids for twelve hours today to make a shitload of money. Fuck it, that's what I'm gonna do today. Um, and nobody's trying to put on me. This Shepard, for right. example, like you, I am Commander Shepard. Yep. Whereas in this situation, like I'm just some jackass with a ship who's going to go mine some asteroids. Yeah. Or like, and then I like, you know, I, con- I conversely, I also like not role playing. Like, like I love Uncharted because I am a player and Nathan Drake is a character, and he's and, going to do what he's yeah, going to do, no matter what you do. Exactly. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's it's hard for me to like really get into like all right, I am here on the weapons. I am the same way and at first like we hadn't really seen any enemies so like I was just kind of sitting there bored. And I I, I tend to just, like, be, like, standoffish with that kind of thing. But the second we started, like, actually fighting other ships and stuff, I went right into it. Like, it it almost makes you do it. Like, that's what was fun. And it was cool because, like, so you had to, like, put energy in, like, the front of the ship, back of the ship for your shields and stuff like that. So we were doing bombing runs. We had to have it in the front. And then Adam had to get us through. But it's not like a normal game where, like, oh, I'm hitting an accelerator. And as soon as I pass by, I'm just, like, mash A to drop a bunch of bombs. He had to drive while I'm like, okay, nuke here. We're gonna you know, we're gonna drop mines when we go here, and then he has to warp at the right moment and stuff like that. It's that's two brains doing like the same thing, which I think that also made it like pretty interesting. And if like either of us screwed up, like nuking a docking station, like that, <laughs> that like you know, did you nuke yeah. a docking station? Maybe a little. Oh, as you, as maybe you, a yeah. little nuke. I was like, a as, you, as you walked away, he said, "I may have maybe accidentally committed some war crimes." Yeah. <laughs> oh, delightful. Yeah. So yeah, it was, it was a good that experience. sounds like a good good da- yeah. good time. Yeah, I, the overall, it, it seems interesting. It doesn't seem like something that I would get crazy into. Yeah, the thing of it is, is uh, first off, six play it's requiring six people no, to play. No, two. Oh, it only requires two, two max. Mm-hmm. So that's a little bit easier. Yeah, the thing of it is, is because I hate games that are like, you know, you got to play with four people to make this any kind of fun. And I'm like, if I'm if so in this, this instance like Artemis, I'm like, well, if I wanted to play, if I want to play a game where I'm a spaceship captain. And I don't need other people. I'm going to play FTL. Yeah, because it's a really good game, well polished. And yeah, I don't need seven other people sitting behind me screaming. This one, this is this also this game. It just can't function uh-huh. with one person. Do you know what I mean? Like, it yeah. just it can't. I mean, you have AI, uh, that's, and that's that's kind of the point. That's also why it's like just six dollars a person, basically, which yeah. I think is I think is I would I would say is a fair price. Yeah. All right, uh, we're going to toss to another ad, and then when we get back, we are going to talk about Star Wars. Oh. Because we got a lot of Star Wars stuff going on. So, DreamHost is a great service to host your website. They have hosted over 1.5 million websites since 1997. We spoke with DreamHost user Emily O'Neill from Lancaster. Her website, thenecrotarium.com, is unique. Basically, it's uh, I sell bones and skulls and all sorts of cleaned animal byproducts. Uh, a lot of people want it for like earrings, necklaces, um, little nichos, and like shadow boxes. While Emily couldn't remember exactly who recommended DreamHost to her, she did remember getting up and running to be very easy. I don't ever recall anything in my setup that was like tedious or problematic or anything. I just it just kind of happened, and I was like, mm, yeah, okay, here's my server, and here's my name, and everything's good, and now I'm going to start uploading pictures of dead animals. DreamHost stays out of your way, so you can focus on doing what you love, even if it stands out. Something Emily can understand. They think that it's really weird and eventually think it's cool. You win them over. Exactly. 
Win people over to your unusual hobby by going to comicgeek.tv slash affiliates and clicking the link for DreamHost to get started. DreamHost, the best web host for selling bones or whatever it is you want to showcase online. And oh, we're back. I hope you enjoyed our lovely advertising. So I heard the trailer came out this week. Oh, what trailer came out this week? Uh, is it... For, Ru- for Moulin Rouge it, 1? Is it... Rogu? Rogu? Does it something to do with, like... The, the Star Treks or something, maybe? <laughs> I think it was, yeah. Jar Jar Binks is my favorite character in the Star Treks. I, I'm, uh, I'm particular to uh, Babylon 5 myself, <laughs> waiting, waiting for that to come back. Stargate? You really like Stargate, yeah, too? Yeah, <laughs> yeah big, big Stargate fan. Big Stargate God, fan. I've seen Stargate twice, and that's too many times. I don't think I... I, I think I, No, I saw, it twice, I saw it twice because I couldn't understand it the first time, so I had to go back and watch it a second time to try and get some semblance of what was going on, and even then, I, after that time, I was like, you know what? Fuck all this. It's not that it Fuck was even existential. Shits. It was just like they didn't really have their shit together, clearly, when How? they made that movie. And like, I don't think I and know. then they made a TV series out of it, <laughs> which sure went did. on for way too long. Yeah. Um, but I actually, I legitimately, I don't think I know a single person that is a Stargate fan. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't think those people exist. No. And if they, if you do exist, you should rate us on iTunes and leave a comment about how you like Stargate. Yeah. Wink. So anyway, uh, Rogue One, mm-hmm. uh, a Star Wars story. Or whatever the fuck they're calling no, it. No, that is what it's called. Oh, it's called, it. it is called Rogue One, a Star Wars story. A Star Wars joint? A Star Wars And they actually, just for those of you who haven't been paying attention, they announced that back in like August of 2015. Oh, yeah. This has um, it, it, been a thing. It's been a thing, yeah. but people, I think people forgot yeah. and that it was going to be called Rogue One, a Star Wars story. I, uh, Tom. I, and, well, uh, hey. So oh, when, seven, seven hype, you know. Yeah, with, you know. So with seven, and now that um, episode seven has been released on Blu-ray, it, I think it was literally like a day, day or so later, or it's you know the movie released on Blu-ray, digital download, and everything. Uh, go get it, by the way. Um, not a sponsor. Watch this movie, buy this movie, get them your money. Not a sponsor, give them your money. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. I think they released on Monday. I got it. And then the Rogue One trailer was released on Thursday. Yeah. So it's it's literally a you know very quick turnaround from get Star Wars Episode Seven and now they're like, go see Star Wars Rogue One. Well, it's not until December. Uh, Right, but now they have all this time to hype us for Rogue One. Apparently people are confused as fuck about Rogue One, by the way. Um, I saw a hilarious picture that said, I showed it to you. An infographic, yes. Yeah, it was an infographic that was like, A Idiot's Guide to Rogue One. And then it showed the prequels. Don't worry about these. Yeah, don't worry about these. And then it pointed to the middle. It goes, Rogue One goes here. Then it showed episode four, five, and then it showed four, five, and six. And And seven. Yeah, and seven. And And then then after after seven, seven, there was a marker that said, not here. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty Well, good. because people, I guess, were thinking, were going into this thinking, oh my gosh, it's like I'm going to be in between seven and eight. That's going to be so cool. Like, get us hyped for the next one. Why? I like how they dumped the expanded that. universe and then just started dumping a bunch of new shit into the expanded universe. Well, well, like, yeah, I was saying, yeah. Like, and yeah. They're like, one day they're like, yes, well, these are now Star Wars legends. And yep. then, oh, by the way, our new official canon novel comes There's out like tomorrow. There's like 30 comics, <laughs> well, 60 yeah. novels. We're coming out with a bunch of movies that happen in between. Like, well, no, oh, because that's way, seriously what happened. I read an is. article on Yahoo earlier this morning. I was just telling Tom about this earlier, about how... They've been prepping us for Rogue One for a really long time. We just haven't known it. Um, I think it started with Star Wars Rebels, the animated yeah. series, um, and then they gave us a, a, a graphic, like a graphic novel, I think, and then because um, Inquisitors are a thing now. Yeah, so they they've been dumping all this stuff on us and kind of setting us up for Rogue One, which yep. I think is really cool. Uh, um, I haven't not enjoyed any of this stuff that they've dumped upon us it's too I much can, it's too much you're like but i'm you know i'm it, it is like you of, dump you dump all this stuff mm-hmm. and then it's like okay here's all of these new things but it's like there's a lot of comic series well, i think there's like two novel series it's like i can't yeah. do all this like especially because clone wars and rebels started four years ago yeah you're like oh by the way i hope you've been watching this tv no, no, show no. for four rebels, years rebels rebels is two years Re- rebels, is rebels, is, rebels came out in 2014 um, Clone Wars has been coming out before then. But Rebels, something super exciting about Rebels. I just recently read a thing. I don't watch the show. Mm-hmm. I mean, I haven't seen any of it. But do you know who apparently is coming, making an, their second appearance in Star Wars Rebels here coming up very soon? Who? Darth Maul. 
Ooh. That's cool. He's coming back. For yeah, like, he was already he was already yeah. in it, and now I guess they're mm. working up to having him come back again. I watched Clone Wars. I think the first four episodes, uh-huh. and then there was an episode where the entire plot point was everyone thinks Jar Jar is a Jedi, so they're like kind of afraid of him, and that's how he saves the day. And I was like, Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to watch another minute of this shit. Like, like that, that was just, that was, I, because the thing is, I was like, wow, this is like, like Game of Thrones for kids. Like, it's, it's political. And then as soon as it was like, oh yeah, but here's the really for kids part where everyone's fooled into thinking Jar Jar's a Jedi so he can save the day. I was like, no, this is, this is horrible. This is uh, horrible. The, the good thing that come out of uh, Clone Wars and Rebels, I think, is the fact that canonically, Darth Maul is alive. Yes. Can, like, in mm-hmm. the Star Wars canon, Darth Maul is a fucking terrifying spider monster. Yeah. He's like a Phyrexian demon. He's, he's come from hell. He's insane. Like, dude, he killed Qui Gon. Yeah, he murdered straight up murdered Qui Gon, and that's crazy. And then just like immediately died. He is one of the most like terrifying villains in in that universe. I, and he had like no dialogue. And I don't know. I that think was I heard. Sad. I heard a thing uh, that people were pulling for a anthology's film about Darth Maul. I want that. I would pay a thousand dollars for that. Yeah, I want that. I want to see that. Yeah, Darth Maul is incredible. But um, so anyway, so this Rogue One, Rogue, Rogue One, Rogue One, Rouge, Moulin Rouge One, uh, <laughs> takes place. It's about how they find the plans for the original Death Star. Yep, and it's um, directed by Gareth Edwards, who also um, directed one of Tom's favorite films, which was the 2014 remake of Godzilla. <laughs> I love that movie. Yeah. Oh, yep. Did you watch it at all? Yeah. Oh, it was hella good. Yeah, no. It, like, uh, I stood up in the theater as soon as his as soon as his back spikes turned blue. I just stood up and just like let my mouth open and just like watched him just like wreck some <laughs> shit with his breath and like no one gave a shit because I looked around and everyone was just like, oh my god, that yeah, that uh, them bringing back the nuclear atomic breath yeah. bullshit. The coolest thing to come from that is when he takes the one Mudo. <laughs> yeah, he like yeah. just fires down his, and okay. then pulls yep. its head off. Yep. Like, sorry, I'm Fire. sorry I even said anything about Godzilla there. Travis, after this is done, let's go watch Godzilla. I and just I watch kaiju movies a lot. So Hey, Pacific Rim 2 got a new director because Guillermo del Toro says that nobody will watch it if he directs it. Okay, let's talk about Star Wars. Like last one, month, but that was Star like Wars, I'm super excited. I'm fine with that. Like and his his yeah. Anything to get Pacific Rim to anything. Yeah. God, all right. Um, so, Gareth Edwards. Gareth Edwards is directing it. Um, Alexander Despla, who directed the last two Star, um, not Star Wars, Harry Potter films, will be the one who's doing the music for it. Um, John will he if John, he is taking care of John Williams' baby. Don't don't be upset. It's the second time that it's happened yeah. that Despois has taken over something John Williams yeah. started. So, and you know, what the music the, sounded oh, very I thought, sorry, because my big John Williams issue, and this is stupid and only me, did you know that John Williams did not do the music for Jurassic World? Yes. Everything else about that movie was so good. Yeah. Wasn't it Michael Giacchino? I don't even remember. Uh, let me, let me, if, if you're bored... You know, not right this second yeah, recording you, yeah, a podcast you listeners at home when you're when you're all wrapped up and you realize your life's falling to shit because you know you're out of podcast to listen to go to YouTube and look up Whitest Kids You Know John Williams um, they have this entire sketch about uh, his, his music writing process uh-huh. like since the original trilogy it's, it was Michael Giacchino it made like the first time I saw it like it was like it was like like laughing till I'm not making noise anymore like kind of thing just because it's so the way he's portrayed and everything to do because he doesn't even try to be John Williams like, right, which makes yeah. it even better um, it's it's really fantastic yeah, it's, it's, I, it's worth a watch I'm, I'm actually so this trailer dropping I'm I was really excited for episode 7 I'm really, really, really excited for Well, because it, it's a brand new story. It's not like someone continuing someone else's story. This is a completely new yeah. film that is going to have brand new characters. Probably some that we... I think the only returning character that we Mon really Mothma. see is Mon Mothma, who... Uh, Mothma. Who is... Um, Mothra's in this? Mothma. Yeah, Mothra. Mothra. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Uh, um, anyway, so and then it also has a, it has a great cast. I've, I've seen the cast list, and as they've been re- announced, um, I'm super excited for Alan Tudyk because it's so awesome. Like a leaf on the wind. Yeah. Watch how I Blah. 
<laughs> anyway, um, but it's really cool because um, Mon Mothma, who um, originally f- first appeared in Star Wars Return of the Jedi, she was then in um, Revenge of the Sith. Revenge of the Sith. And it's the same actress who portrayed her in Revenge of the Sith, um, who's going to be in... Uh, oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So like, that's kind of cool, like a cool yeah. continuity thing. And I think, for the most part, that's like the only returning character that we're really going to see, because um, the Jedi have all, are pretty much extinct, with, yeah. the, with the exception of Yoda, who's hiding on Dagobah at this point. And, fucking around in a swamp. Yeah. And then, yeah, fucking around in a swamp for who knows what reason. And then um, uh, Obi-Wan is... Hiding, hiding on Tatooine, Tatooine, watching out for young Luke, who at this point is just growing up, thinking that he's this, thinking he's going to be a pilot. So we really don't have any of the staples that we're used to yeah. in a Star Wars film. We I, are literally watching the Rebel Alliance try and get the, you know. What I think is crazy is that it's they're cool. they're like, like people don't really even think about it, but they were like no Jedi. Yeah, there are no Jedi in this film at all, and That's you're funny. like. Yeah, I, I guess mean, that would be the case, wouldn't no, it? No, and, and yeah. you look at like stuff like like any of the video games that do not feature Jedi. Yeah, like that, that's fine. Republic Plus, Commandos, yo, that game. Oh, is the I guess bomb. there are going to be a couple returning characters of sorts. Um, the Death Star, Darth Vader is happening, yeah. Emperor Palpatine probably. So that'll be really cool to see how how it ties into all of that. And I want to know who are they going to get for Darth Vader if he shows up. And uh, for the I record, think Hayden Christensen so- is available. That, yeah, maybe. what's that guy doing anymore? Nothing. Nothing. He has a kid. Yeah. He's married uh, to Rachel Bilson. And somehow they'll find a way to put Anthony him. Daniels in there. Yeah. <laughs> because that man's oh, life yeah, is Oh, yeah, and R2-D2 has the plans. So, so I guess they have to give it to him at some point. He would. Yeah. Yeah. I guess or that's going to make a lot of sense. To, or they have to give it to um, Princess Leia. So it's going to be R2. It's going to be R2. <laughs> well, yeah, because Princess Leia is, like, the one who kind of tells him to get out, get the heck out of the the ship. Yeah. So. so. That's and yeah, there, we I might mean, see R2. We might see like a that. young. If, we might need to see Princess Leia at some point, too, I that's guess. That's true. So this is. So, so after that's, that's a good really segue cool. into what I was actually about to say. They're going to really. They're starting to run into what I'm going to call the X-Men uh, paradigm, which is. X-Men characters have two actors. Yeah. X-Men characters have the older versions and the younger versions as actors. With the exception of Wolverine, who doesn't age. Who, yeah, obviously. Be, and because... I don't... How do they keep affording it? And Ivan Ooze, he looks pretty good since he was in that movie in yeah. the, the 90s, Power Rangers. Yeah. <laughs> but, um... So, I, uh... So yeah, so I'm wondering if that's what we're what we're ultimately hurtling towards. I'm fine with that. Uh, and I saw the short list of people for um, Han Solo for that solo movie that they're doing at some point. Um, and he, them both. <laughs> you made a funny Han Solo solo film. <laughs> um, the both of the people that I think are on the short list right now, or all three of them, look enough like a young Harrison Ford. That I, I saw that. Like there, I saw pictures, and I yeah, I'm it, fine with. I was fine with all of them. All of it. It's like all of it can happen. Like it doesn't. It yeah. doesn't bother me. But I, I really would be curious to see. Like, do they dare? Do they dare? But do they like recast? Like, I mean, Han Solo is one thing, but do they recast Luke Skywalker? Do they Who? recast Princess Leia? Do you know? Do you know what would be the most difficult? You could find someone who looks like Mark Hamill, uh-huh. but to find someone who talks like Mark Hamill, yeah, I think would actually almost be more because you could get someone who doesn't really look like Mark Hamill, but if he talks like him, yeah, that's how that is more the identifier of Luke to me. Is, like yeah. his like kind of goofy voice, and they would need to find that more to me than looks. Well, you got to find like a professional impersonator or something, yeah. like yeah, because like like even like my like Leia, like her. Because of the, her, her role in the original trilogy, her physique, her face, her everything about her as a woman is so iconic to the series. Yep. I wonder if they would even be able to find somebody to fill that. She's because, really like, strong. The way she carries herself, her mannerisms, like it'd be because yeah. like she's yeah. like she's the only she's the only character I can think of in this thing that's like chained up in slave armor and still looks like she is somehow in control of that situation. Yep. Which I still I think it's hilarious. That's because yeah. like people freak out about the slave Leia, and it's like why? And she choked them down with the chain. Yeah, like, like she was a yeah. badass. But yeah, so I'm, I'm really curious to see how they take how they delicately trample all over the yeah. younger versions of our favorite characters. Uh, we'll see. 
Boba Fett's really easy. Uh, they can just cover his face with a mask for the whole movie and yep. call it a day. I, is that or a just not cover his face and it doesn't matter because his we face never, is covered the whole saw, time. Yeah. yeah, we never saw grown-up Boba Fett. We saw uh, young Boba Fett. Yeah. We sure and did see grown-up Boba Fett. We He's saw his literally face. a clone of Jango Fett. Yeah. Right. But what I'm saying is they could also just go and cast that guy again. Let's yeah. see what he's doing. I, he actually, I think, no, he didn't. Never mind. I, I, so I'm pretty sure he actually voiced all of the troopers in uh, Battlefront. That'd be kind of awesome. <laughs> well, can you imagine that? Like, okay, now you are a stormtrooper. Go. And it was like, grenade. And then, stormtrooper okay, now, 374. So the actor, so okay. the actor who played um, Jango Fett. And all the stormtroopers, I guess, um, was his name is Temuera Derek Morrison. He is New Zealand, or he's New Zealand. He's ac- from New Zealand. The accent gave it away. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah, pretty pretty straightforward. Yeah, I didn't really kind of pay attention to it. He, so he was he played Django. He was unchained, he, or he did reappear in Mostly a number changed. of the as a number of the clones in episode three, and then he re-recorded the lines of Boba Fett and another clone in. The original Star Wars trilogy, replacing the original voice actor Jason Wingreen. Um, he has since portrayed Django and his clones in a number of Star Wars video games, all produced by LucasArts. Sounds like this guy needed money. Yeah. So he also was in Lego Star it Wars. Really, really bothers me. It just and it's it's stupid and it shouldn't really bother me because it, it's their attempt at building their universe. Because, like, when they filmed Star Wars, the original trilogy, they had no idea. They knew it was going to be, like, this big deal. They had no idea that they were ever going to have to, like, make this work with stuff that, you know what I mean? So, like, Mm -hmm. I'm pissed that they they re-recorded Boba Fett lines, but at the same time, I realized I probably shouldn't be. Because the whole point of it is, like, building the universe. Like, this is clearly what he should sound like. It's weird that he sounds different. It's just that he, like, George Lucas is, like, messed with so many other things. It's like, oh, my God, can you stop? Like, kind of thing. You know what? You know what really actually bothers me? The, like, the one addition that bothers me the most is that they felt the need to put that scene with Han Solo and Jabba the Hutt in episode four. Yeah. The fact that they felt they needed that there. Exposition. It was exposition. And it was, and, yeah. it was like, but the thing of it was, it was exposition that they had already explained yeah. because they cut that scene originally. Yeah. So it's like, all right, thanks for the double exposition. Oh my god, it's Jabba the Hutt. Yeah, they're like they're like trying to get kids to go. Yay, I know that guy. Yeah. So I need to ask one question before before we wrap things up. Yes, because now that we're talking about it, your favorite non Godzilla monster movie. Okay. Uh, oh, that's easy. And let let's go Japanese. Let let's also just let let let's tie it into Japanese. Because were you about to say Pacific Rim? I was not going to say Pacific okay, Rim. Okay. I was going to say Cloverfield. Uh, that's fine. Cloverfield is probably my favorite monster movie ever. Um, I, although, uh, I was in a weird spot. All right, just hear me out. I'm about to plead my case. That's fine. Um, G- Godzilla with Matthew Broderick. Uh, real bad movie. Real, real bad. That's a lot of fish. Uh, I was eight when that film well, came out. Yeah. And I watched the shit out of it. <laughs> the funny thing about that is the movie was horrible. The animated series that came after it, not that bad. Yeah, no, the, actually the anime series was awesome. Yeah. Um, but then the cool thing is that Godzilla actually exists in the canon of Godzilla. Yeah, he gets stomped on. Yeah, he is raffled yeah. in like oh, yeah. five seconds. Yeah. Uh, but you know, ah, oh, jeez. I see because I don't, I don't, I don't, like, I, I don't have a favorite Japanese monster movie at all because I just like the influence that they've had on. Every other monster on, movie yeah, ever? on like yeah. the Western world. Like I love, I love all the things that came from them. I love Pacific Rim. I love Cloverfield. I love Godzilla movies and the American Godzilla movies. Like the movie Monsters. Have you seen that? Yes, that movie fantastic. is fucking was amazing. That, that was Gareth Edwards, wasn't it? Yeah, yes, yeah. it was. It yeah. was directed by the guy <laughs> yeah. who directed Godzilla. Uh, so like, I love those kinds of things. I, I don't. So I don't really have a favorite. Let me make two suggestions for you if you haven't seen either of them. Okay. One is called The Host. It is a Korean monster movie. Okay, um, for a second I thought Stephanie you were going to say Myers. the Stephanie Myers. Whatever. Didn't no, they not that. Movie out of that? Yes. yes, and it was terrible. Okay, so this, so what happened with this movie? I don't know if you're familiar with the movie Snowpiercer, yeah. but the gentleman who directed Old Boy okay. saw the host and was like, "I'm going to give that guy money to make a movie," and then he made Snowpiercer. Um, uh, the host Snowpiercer is, was like really good, wasn't it? Oh, it was fantastic. I see. Um, I only watched like the first ten minutes. It's Korean directed. Uh, the producer 
the producer was the director of Old Boy, and Old Boy is amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the director of The Host directed it. You have Chris Evans and Tilda Swinton and like Ed Harris in it. It's amazing. I love um, Ed Harris. Wow. And it's it's Korean directed. The other suggestion I have for you: the Heisei Gamera trilogy. Gamera is a giant turtle powered by the songs of children. Um, <laughs> But they darkened it for a trilogy, I think, that happened in the mid up to late 90s. Uh Uh, The last movie in this trilogy is called, I think, Revenge of Iris. And what happens is in the second movie, this girl's parents are killed in a battle when Gamera is, like, you know, fighting off monsters. And she finds the egg of a giant monster and raises it. Uh But she hates Gamera. And she's raising this being on hate. And it basically grows up into a city destroying, destroying like hate being that Gamera must stop, even though it, he killed this girl's parents. Like it's like when you're watching it, because like the first two, you're like, oh wow, these are pretty good, and you get to the last one, and you're like, whoa, like because it was like they took like monster movie and then just like heightened that shit. Like so, I had the the Blu-ray trilogy was like five bucks. So if you'd like to borrow them. They are fantastic. So here's a query for you. Then we're talking about monster movies. Um, do you consider a film like Jaws, like Jurassic Park? Are those monster movies to you? No. In the same way that The Walking Dead isn't always necessarily a zombie, zombie show. Because they're about the other stuff that's happening. They're just happening to of be it. monsters there. Because of it. Yeah. Um, how about Lake Placid? That movie is the All right, hold best. On. I was about to say, if, if, if you want to talk about special places and hearts, Lake I love the movie right Lake there. Placid oh, yeah. as a kid. Oh, yeah. Uh, that is more of a giant monster movie because there is no human drama. Because there's no humans in that movie. <laughs> like, um, just query. What is Lake Placid about? I have actually never seen it, nor have uh, I actually heard of it. Betty, a, a foul-mouthed Betty White raise, raises enormous crocodiles that start eating people. Delightful. Yeah. The best, uh, the best line in that movie, I believe she's talking to a wildlife like game commissioner yeah. who's arguing with her, and she says, this is the part where if I had a dick, I'd tell I you to suck, suck it. it. <laughs> Betty White says that. Wow. Yeah. Uh, okay, so the actual, but the very, very, very best part of that film is that at the end of the movie, every character gets what they want. Yes. Because the one guy is like, I'm going to fucking kill this thing. And everybody's like, no, we're conservationists. You can't kill it. Yep. So like they capture the one. Mm-hmm. And they're like, yay, we did it. Surprise, there's of, another crocodile. Where the second one <laughs> flops up on the river and he shoots a rocket at it and yep. it blows up. And they're like, Yarrr! yeah. Lake Placid. That, that's a monster movie. 10 out of 10. But, best movie ever made. Yeah. I, I mean, God. Jurassic Park was more of like... Uh, realistic sci-fi and realistic in a way is like we couldn't do that stuff but it's yet it's not out of the realm of possibility and it's more about like why we playing god and like here's why we shouldn't stuff like that which was just like completely expounded upon in Jurassic World and like then that goes in like money corrupts and stuff like that uh, and Jaws is it, it's people like coming together like that's so those is harder to call monster movies. Where like Pacific Rim, I went there for the sole purpose of watching for robots sa- for the same reason I went to see Jurassic Park three. I saw Pacific Rim, which is because I knew that T Rex was going to fight that Spinosaurus would be fucking awesome. So and it was in the Jurassic first- Park three was a monster movie. Jurassic Park three in the first fifteen minutes you that get happened. that oh oh and then the raptors in that movie yeah everything Dude, about people it. people talk shit on Jurassic Park three it's like okay first of all you knew what you were getting into like it was not going to be either the first two from the previews it was like this is an early two thousand action movie if you went there for that reason it was a great movie yeah and the, again the raptors in that I never appreciate um I still have not seen the end of Jurassic Park two nor have I ever seen Jurassic Park three we'll fix it I love two I know actually two might be my favorite the Lost I just World really, is definitely my favorite yeah because it's funny the, cause, there's one really 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 awful scene in it is that at the end yeah yeah the, yeah. the, the San Diego thing is the dumbest thing no no oh. worse the gy- the gymnastic scene okay okay let That's me not just quite tell you the there's, all the way end. there's a whole no I, I'll there's watch. a whole <laughs> They talk about her, like, being a gymnast for, like, five to ten minutes in the beginning of the movie, and then you find out that's so they can have one scene, like, an hour later that's, like, 30 seconds long. That whole thing in the beginning that they keep talking about was just to have a 30-second scene at the end, and even the San Diego scene was at least tolerable in comparison to that scene. But I love that movie. So I say, we'll go go in a chronological, the last last ten minutes of 
Jurassic Park of the Lost World, and then the entirety of Jurassic Park three were all monster movies. Yeah. Um, yeah. The uh, but the thing that was funny is I actually watched all of the Jurassic Park movies. Oops, as a kid for the um, for the monster movie ish. Yeah. Like I was there to see giant dinosaurs. So I loved all three of them, and yeah. I still like all three of them for different but, reasons. But though. now I like the first two because of the, the themes. Story. Yeah, the themes, the story, like why they're there. I still like the third one because he breaks the fucking T Rex's neck. Yeah, that was fantastic. Crunch, and yep. you're just like, holy fuck! And it was funny. Yeah, it was good. like it was like not smart funny. It like was it was dumb. like it, it was like a lot of dumb humor and like William H Macy being himself. But it was it was really good. It was it was. I, it was fun. They set a trap, like they hide yeah. and all that stuff. The pterodactyls, amazing. I also <laughs> love that. I love the books, and I love that they just like picked random shit from both mm-hmm. books and yeah. like just like recompiled them and like, well, because, like into into three different movies. I was pissed because the Carnotaurus has a really important part in yep. the books. And you saw it for one scene in, in a pile Park of 3, shit, and you were like, "You're like, oh my god, are they really doing this? Are they really doing this?" It looks at them and then it walks away, and you're yep. like, "Yep, god damn it!" So anyway, we're done ranting. Um, let me do these things I need to do. Uh, do you want to do social media, Meg? Sure, I'll do it. All right. Well, you reached out for it, like I was going to. Well, it to usually you. it's a guest that does it. So, oh, are you a guest now? I'm just kidding. Pick three. Um, so you can find us on our website at commongeek.tv where we post articles, reviews, and podcasts. On iTunes, you can just subscribe to our podcast. Please rate us five stars and give us feedback on what you'd like to see more of. And then you can leave comments on our Facebook page and like us to receive the latest updates from us. That's on facebook.com slash commongeek.tv. And you can find me on Twitter at TVOJR. And Travis? You can find me on Common Geek's website. hey And Meg? You can't find me anywhere. Hey. <laughs> She's an enigma. This was the best this was the best uh, podcast we could hope for for show notes. Um <laughs> link to a bunch of shit on our website and people that don't have profiles. Yep. Um so just a reminder that um oh shit. Well, I always forget. Sorry. Uh, our affiliates were Dreamhost and um Crunchyroll. Sorry. I had to look at my paperwork to remember who we did. Uh and this episode was edited uh, by our friend Adam Costello. Thank you very much. Episode was produced by myself here in the booth. Booth in finger quotations. Um, and so, okay. So this is, we're going back for this uh, real quick. The Lost World. San Diego. Okay. Sorry. Everybody always, at the end of the episode, everybody stares at me. That's why these. No, nope, out- I want to know. Outros are never any good. Anyway, at the end of the movie, in in the thing, do you remember the pool? Yeah, where the, the dog. dog. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that lady's dog got eaten. And yeah, that lady was that kid's mom. And go. so, uh, where, where you? Uh, I got fucking nowhere to go with that. Where you? So uh, maybe in case your mom's dog gets eaten, eaten by a Tyrannosaurus Rex in San Diego, you should fucking call her. There you go. Thank you, Travis. <laughs> <laughs> good night and good luck. <laughs>